0: Imagine what it would be like if we were really curious about each other. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com. The podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Now here's your host for this week, Roseanne Moore. Our larger story audience. We're so happy to have you today on the Relational Spirituality Podcast. I'm your host, Roseanne Moore, and I am excited to have with me today my niece, Brittany Wood, who is also we were talking about how do we come up with one title that describes what she (laughs) does. Because some of you are interacting with her if you email us. Brittany is going to be the one who's probably going to be Responding to your emails. She's keeping up with orders, helping make sure orders go out and Kep has everything for those who order books. She's keeping us all on deadlines, like meeting our deadlines. So we figured she's our master juggler. She's mm-hmm. keeping everybody going, not to mention all the IT stuff that she does, because she's our Gen Zer who <laughs> knows how to do all of that. And it is awesome. We're very thankful. For Brittany Wood and she is we just wanted to introduce her to you today as a newest member of our little team. Brittany, thanks for coming. Hi, everybody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am excited to be talking with most of you. Depends on whether most of you email us or not, but (laughs) And if you
0: don't, you should be, right? (laughs) Exactly. Hey, if you email me, then I get to talk
1: to you, so that's fun. (laughs) There we go.
0: Yeah when Brittany joined the team, you had you heard of Larry other than me talking about him? Um, You had talked about him. And
1: I actually hadn't really known about Larry a whole lot. But I do remember when I was like 13 to 15. I went to a conference that Rachel did. And I actually remember that conference. And Uh I was actually talking with her just yesterday, talking about the like, IT side of things, helping her figure out why her email was broken. And uh, I mentioned that she's like, that was so long ago. I was like, I know. So yeah, <laughs> other than that, not really. I was not, I hadn't read any of his books. Other than what you had said, I hadn't really heard much of it. And now I've read seven books,
0: maybe more. I don't know, just listening to them randomly. So. And and you had at least seen the concept of spiritual direction and action. Because I can remember when we got together with a friend of yours at one point and what started as just a casual question, on my part, asking him like how you guys had met, led into this whole like deep discussion. And I remember afterwards, you and Anita Grace looked at me and went, "How did you do that?" Yeah. <laughs> but it, that was an example of Soul Talk, which is this quarter's right. book, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, I love Soul. Yeah. Talk. yeah. Did you? So you've read the book. I have read that one. uh And you've listened to some of Larry's, we have his audio recordings discussing it. Um, Yeah. So
1: part of the book club is there's four recordings that we're doing, one ahead of time, one for each of the months. And so I listened to those as well. But I just love the concept of just like soul talk or just depending on how you want. It's basically just deep, rich conversation that actually has more meaning than I worked today. The weather is nice. Like right. actually getting down to, and not even just the. I was struggling at work because my boss was not in the best mood. Like actually getting deeper into kind of like the roots of everything, and like getting to know them as a person. I just really like those conversations.
0: Yeah, that's why you and Brittany, you and Anita Grace. Sorry, <laughs> my brain. Brittany uh, and I do get along pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, because you'll live with her a long time. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, you and my daughter, Anita, are close. You were lifelong best friends. You were built-in best friends as cousins. Not that automatically means anything, but for you guys, it did.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, and the random things went through. There was a point in time where both of us thought, like, the other person was actually close. I thought she was closer with Tyler, my brother, and then me and she thought I was closer than one of my friends than her. we were both like, no, I'm losing her. Anyway, that was really funny to talk about. As uh-huh. since we like never lost that connection in the slightest, we'll like not talk for two, three months. And then will be like, hey, we haven't talked to forever. And then be on a phone call for seven hours straight.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is great. It is great. So one of the fun things about having you work with me at Larger Story is that we get to see more of you because you come down periodically with, as we work on things. And if Anita's not working, then she gets to see you too. So that's nice. It's that's fun. good. Like you said, I think most people, I think most people want to be able to have deeper conversations like you're talking about, but it's really hard. We don't do that. We don't do that. And I think it's a lot of, I guess I can't speak for everybody. Some
1: there's jokes about how I speak for my generation on this team, since I'm the only three-year-old on this team. But I don't even necessarily want to do that, which is also something that we were talking about my generation does is we don't want to speak for everybody, but me and some people I know do this. <laughs> but just the fact that I think there's a little bit of being scared to go deep, as well as just the it's there's two sides to it. So when I am talking with somebody, then and we're gonna assume it's somebody that I'm not already like Anita or my husband, like they've not already gone super, super deep with. There is both a fear that if we go this deep, they're not going to understand me or where I'm coming from, Mm -hmm. or just the, there's also just the tendency of focusing on me and not being able to understand them as well. Mm -hmm. I know me personally, I like really like to understand like where people are coming from in certain things. Mm -hmm. A lot of different things. So a lot of different situations will happen. I'm like, but why is it that they think that way? Uh, No matter what it is that they're doing, sometimes it's something I agree with. Sometimes it's not something I agree with. But as long as I can understand why, then it's easier for me to uh, understand and accept that person, even if I don't agree with the decision that they made. Mm -hmm. But there's also that fear that what if they don't want to try and understand me
0: that way? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting as you say that, because it is, we have this, we have this longing to be known and a fear that we're not going to be. And yeah, so I think everybody, no matter what age group you're in, that can be a barrier. So without speaking for your entire generation, (laughs) are there things that you wish, I know some things my kids have said to me about barriers that can happen generationally in conversation. And what you described you're saying can happen with anybody, right? Was mm-hmm. the yeah. Yeah. Are there any things that you think specifically can be generational barriers or places of misunderstanding?
1: I think there's a lot of preconceived stuff. I was talking with my mom at one point. And so now I am 23 and an adult, I'm married, I'm living on my own, all that fun stuff. And I was not like that when I was growing up, even a teenager, I didn't move out of the house till I was 20. So even like up until then, there were just some things that mom would tell me. And I'm like, you're supposed to say that cause you're my mom or, and she's like, Look, you will understand this when you're an adult. This will make sense when you're an adult. And I'm like, but you're not understanding me now. Whereas she was completely right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those, something that both the adults, older people will do to younger generations. I know it doesn't make sense now. You're gonna understand when you get to my spot Mm -hmm. and less of a, because it makes sense to them, they're like, I know you're gonna understand this later it's harder to connect in the moment because then also the younger generations, look, I know you say that. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. The older you get, the, re- the more you realize it probably will be true, but it's not now. And so there's that kind of like disconnect here where you both know it's probably going to
0: change, but that's not where you're at right then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so things like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. I know there have been times when Anita Grace, or the boys have said to me, Mom, you're not listening, because I'll just, they'll tell me something. And I'm thinking, honestly, I'm thinking, okay, I've already lived this. I know what the short, like where you're headed is not going to take you where you want to go. I already know the shortcut that can involve avoiding a lot of pain. Let me just hand that answer to you. (laughs) And That is not helpful. And they're really good about telling me. Anita Grace said to me, because you are, you're at the age where part of what is healthy and normal is for you to be getting a sense of who you are yourself Mm -hmm. independently. You can't just, somebody else can't hand you what to think or feel or believe or whatever. It needs to be, it needs to be something that comes out of who you are. And so... I know Anita Grace has called me on that and then I have to back up and we have to, I have to listen better. (laughs) I have to listen better. So. There's
1: definitely a fine balance between the, look, I've had this experience, so I want to give it to you. And there's some stuff we just have to learn on our own kind of a thing. mm -hmm. And sometimes it is that the situation is different. You just think it's what it is over here. So it is. But there's also the want your kids or anybody that you care about to go through the same struggles that you did. And that in and of itself doesn't even have to be like older generation to younger generation, it that's could just true. be anything you've gone through that somebody else hasn't yet. And you just don't want them to go through that hurt because most of the time, learning things the hard way means it
0: hurts it's, and nobody yeah. really wants anybody <laughs> that the they care about to go through reason. that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's true. That's a good point. It's not just intergenerational at that point. You can feel that way about a friend or somebody. It's not necessarily your child or intergenerational thing. I do think, and you brought up something good too. I think part of the issue sometimes is we make the assumption that as a parent, this is another conversation I've had with my kids. And it's also something that I have seen with my own parents. So it works both ways is sometimes I'm making different decisions, not because I don't understand, or my kids are making different decisions, not because they don't understand what I'm saying. It's that they want a different outcome. Like they, something else is more important to them than it is to me. And and so they're, and a lot of times, That's not a bad thing. It's not a moral issue. It can feel like, wait, this makes sense that you would do it this way. I'll take, I'll make an example. I was, I attended a private Christian school growing up and then I chose instead to homeschool. Now my parents were okay with that largely because I couldn't afford, (laughs) but I know families who just are horrified if a family chooses, a family member chooses to homeschool. But the other thing that can happen is my kids, they're, they look at their homeschool experience and there are pros and cons with it. And they say, this is what I would have done differently. Now, if I, if I am tied up with my decision-making, like if I'm getting my identity out of that, then I'm gonna be really threatened by them saying, I wanna make a different choice in this way than you did. My parents were not threatened, but it did challenge them a bit when my oldest uh, sorry, when my youngest two kids went to a charter school. Like they had more trouble with that because that wasn't a specifically Christian environment. They they right. struggled with that. And it felt for me to make a different decision in that in some ways felt like a judgment about their decisions. And and they just thought it wasn't as good. <laughs> right. But it was the right decision. It is the right decision for where we are and what's happening in the lives of my boys. And, and so I think that's a good point that you make that sometimes it's our set ideas that we don't hear well, or we have other motivating factors that make it hard for us to hear. So that's good.
1: It also depends on what you're ex- like expecting. So if I have some situation in my life and I make this decision this way, Mm -hmm. And I know, so one great example of this is with my parents with college. So my dad especially has been like, you need to be able to have a a path. You need to have a career. You need to have a plan. So his emphasis was on like, you need to have a plan, Mm -hmm. but I heard you need to go to college. Mm. So then I'm in college and I ended up dropping out, clearly it worked out fine. I've, I did an associate's degree. So like I have some college, but I was in the American sign language interpreting program and it just, I've been in it for three years and it just was not right for me. I thought it was at the time and it just wasn't right. So I decided to just drop out of college and to just get a job at a bank. I worked at Wells Fargo somewhere that I was like, this makes sense as a decision, because even though I don't have a career path, I do have a college degree, it's an associate's degree, but a lot of places just want you to have a degree in college. Mm-hmm. And within the bank, like it makes enough money for me to, to support myself. I can move up in it if I need to. I can support a family if I need to, et cetera. But I was like my dad says that I have to go to college. He is not gonna be happy with this this decision at all. And I was so scared to tell him because I just knew in my head, I just knew He was going to be very upset because I wasn't going to college. And then like I talked to him and he wasn't upset because he just wanted the plan part. And that's when I was like, Oh, that's what he (laughs) meant. But that's one of those, the set, like I knew how he was going to react. I knew what he, I thought, I knew what he was thinking. I knew what he wanted. I knew what he, how he was going to react. And I was just wrong. But a lot of times something like that, just assuming that we know something or thinking that we, Know how somebody's going to think, especially if you've had like previous circumstances with them where they reacted this way. I'm trying to learn that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll act that way again because everybody grows. I'm like, look, I can change, but sometimes I forget other people can change.
0: Right. And
1: so just having those preconceived notions can also just get in the way of a lot of communication, sometimes relationships, depending on how severe it is but Mm -hmm. just communication in general just having the preconceived notions of you already know what they're going to say you already know what they're going to
0: think may or may not
1: be right that's true
0: yeah -hmm. i think so i'm curious about you said you really liked the soul talk book and i think you heard the you you said you heard the recordings too Mm -hmm. right and she made reference to our book club reading and relating as our book club that we do quarterly. We do a deep dive into a book and we have monthly discussion times. And if you haven't already joined that and are interested in an online group for connecting once a month with other like-minded people, we would love to have you. What stood out to you? Cause I was listening again and I'm being reminded again that two two barriers that often get in the way of meaningful conversations like you're talking about is not paying attention to what's happening in me that might be driving me in the moment like you were talking about with your dad having that assumption and if you didn't recognize you were being driven by that that could get in the way of having a a conversation and the other is and asking Also, what's going on in the other person? Like, where are they? What's their asking for their red dot rather than assuming what it is? So did you have what stood out to you about what you read or heard? What did you like most about the book?
1: I am a person who's just very concepts. I don't hold on to details very much at all. So it was honestly the entire thing, like the entire concept of, Soul talk, like you're saying, the paying attention to what is going on in them, paying attention to what is going on on you, going, paying attention to what is going on in you, mm-hmm. stuff like that, like just the, the concepts of we just need to do better about relating to people. Mm-hmm. As an entire society, a lot has happened, changed, COVID made it so a lot of people don't know how to communicate the internet, internet made it so a lot of people don't know how to communicate stuff like that. And especially because of the internet and a lot of it is putting out just your opinions and Twitter is just, somebody says something and you just say what you're thinking back and nobody actually, I I say nobody, but nobody is actually like paying attention to, okay, why do they feel this way? Why is this person responding this way? Let's get into arguments via Twitter, Facebook, whatever. I don't actually have either of those. So I whatever. But
0: <laughs> I just, yeah, have you're Instagram. right. I see it all the
1: time. <laughs> I hear about it a lot. And so I'm on Instagram. So I'll see posts from like screenshots from those other places. but regardless, just concepts like that of we, as a entire society would be a lot better off if we just try to understand each other mm-hmm. better.
0: And I, yeah. And I think one thing that's been driven home to me lately is how I, I'm always leery about blaming it on new technology, but because I don't think the real issue is the technology. Like there was outcry when there was a printing press, and people were freaking out over that when that was a new thing, but I think every new technology gives an opportunity for us to, to both do good or to do evil. (laughs) It has a good impact or negative impact, depending on how we use it. And one negative, certainly. Is that I think people are more prone to meme thinking rather than nuanced thinking, like you're talking about. And so somebody puts something up and then and then just it, it's not very deep, it's not very thoughtful, it's not very nuanced, and but it signals this is a particular tribe. So if you're this tribe, you run with it, you're excited about it, and you cannot hear anything from another tribe. <laughs> and so yeah i agree with you i think that's a that's an issue certainly for our day
1: i definitely agree that technology can do both sides i wasn't trying to say it was all bad and i know a lot oh, of people I, are like yeah, we need to get rid way. of it and i'm like well we're doing this right now we are currently recording you and me in different states talking to each other and we're going to send it out to people from different states, and I'm pretty sure different countries and yes. continents to hear this conversation. Like technology is great. It just can also lead to certain ways of thinking, which is, I just have to say my one piece and everybody knows what I'm thinking. And it it is a lot easier to just, especially like my, uh, a lot of my generation uh, and me specifically, i struggle a lot with wanting to be heard Mm -hmm. which i know you said everybody does and like i can trace it back to all these different places where like i was like all that kind of stuff but just i'm also i've done it a couple times here i'm also really bad at interrupting people because when they say something and i have a thought i'm like i need to get that thought in at at the moment because it's i'm like it's connecting and i'm like nope you're still interrupting (laughs) but so i'm not the best at that But just. Being heard is very important to everybody. And so the internet makes it so all I have to do is say my thing and I can be heard. Mm -hmm. But they're not necessarily paying attention to what other people say at that time. So especially when you're face to face, it's a little bit easier to be able to try and listen to the person because you can have 17 people typing and sending something at the same time. Having 17 people talk in a conversation is very difficult to hear anything. That's a good point. And there's definitely, the internet has led to a lot of fantastic things. It can lead to a lot of really good conversations. You get to hear from people who aren't in your circle. You know, when you, if you live somewhere and you know all your neighbors and you know your church and your school, I was also homeschooled. I went to a Christian co-op. Like I had the same kind of people around me all the time. And when you get on the internet, you can just talk to other people who think Differently doesn't mean one of you is right, one of you is wrong. You can actually both be right, but just hearing differences and it just helps you to expand your knowledge, your opinion, that kind of thing. So it's both good and bad
0: yeah that's a good point that's a good point a lot of times i've heard complaints about and i've been concerned about how algorithms keep people in thought silos but you're right if you look for it the way that you're talking about you one of the benefits is being able to consider other points of view and hear other people's experiences and so much of that has to do with the posture like of your own heart right are you threatened by somebody who's different or are you inviting it and yeah you're right yeah when you were talking about technology when i gave my caveat it's because i don't want to be a grumpy old woman it's not because i thought you were saying that. sure. <laughs> but that's a good point that they one of the benefits of it is easy and i think that was one of the things in soul Talk. part of the thing about not making assumptions but trying to hear the other person's red dot it's easy to project your own experiences and to assume It's easy to do that. And one benefit of, like you said, social media or just being putting yourself into circumstances with people who are different than you are, who don't believe the same thing. One of the best things I ever did was being in a small group with people who were politically very different, like complete opposite of everything that I had grown up in. And I had heard I had heard that people of that political persuasion were, and then there were all these stereotype labels. And what I found was that was not at all true. It it was not true. Although I remained having some very significant like differences on policy. I found people who love Jesus very much and were very active in practicing what they believed and in seeking to follow him faithfully. And it, and they also challenged some of what I had accepted was true about policy and added nuance that I didn't have, because I I was just mouthing talking points that I had grown up hearing. And so it's wonderful when we, a lot gets said, I think, about the need for the body of Christ to be unified. But I think soul talk is key to that. <laughs> Maybe it's soul right. listening too. <laughs>
1: I think that's part of the soul talks. I guess soul conversation. Yeah. To have an actual conversation, you have to be able to both talk and listen because just listening actually doesn't necessarily get you super far. I think it could get you a little bit farther than just talking, especially in understanding them, but then you're not giving any of yourself to them.
0: Mm,
1: so then that's it's a good point. just... Then all you're doing is you're just getting all this information and changing your mind or maybe not changing your mind, but having all this information to be able to make your, uh, shape your opinions, but nobody else is getting that either Mm
0: -hmm. from
1: you. So that's conversation. sole conversation. I'm changing the book title. Let's go.
0: (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Sorry, Larry. (laughs) He's in heaven. I don't think he's worried about anything right now. (laughs) It's fair. But yeah, that's a good point. I was going to say more about that, that with, You're not sharing anything of yourself. Is there more you want to develop about that? Cause that's a, I think that sounded important. I did a lot of that when I was, I say
1: younger, but it wasn't a whole lot younger, to be honest, the past three years, I've developed a lot more as a person, so up until I was 20. So like the, like high school, even out of high school into college somewhat, I was very intentional about listening to people. Like I said, I want to know where they're coming from. So all I would do was listen and which was fun and all. But like I said, that led to a lot of me not feeling heard at all. When I did talk, you can think in your head that, oh, if somebody doesn't say something a lot, then whenever they do speak, it has to be like important and you should listen to it. And that can be used a lot in media and stuff like that, especially in movies. You have the one character that doesn't talk a lot, but when they do, like, they mean it and it's impactful. But that doesn't necessarily happen in life a whole lot. And especially, like, for me to listen, I would be, like, asking them a little bit of questions or throwing, like, little bits of things. a thing, Versus when I was, like, trying to actually talk, I still was regarded as the listener. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't heard a lot. Like I was the kind empathetic person who would always hear what you had to say, who would always try and understand you. But then in some cases that led to me not being understood at all. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have a whole lot of friends, but also I didn't give myself a chance to be friends with people because I didn't give any of myself to them. To have a relationship, whatever kind of friendship or any parents any sort of relationship there has to be give and take there's Mm -hmm. the the whole it takes two to tango you literally can't have a relationship without both sides Mm -hmm. i can talk to you all i want and you can listen but if i don't know anything about you like i have no investment in you Mm -hmm. it's just me giving myself
0: yeah. it's it, Yeah. Then you become someone you just exist to serve me instead of it being a real relationship. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. That's a really good point. So I guess that again, not speaking for your entire generation, but often we have, we, hit we tend to have an older audience and, and often there are, are cross general conversations that are happening that can be a struggle. And, so how are there any ways that you, any things that stood out to you as you were reading this and thinking about it, that you think I want to apply that more in my relationships might be good insight for somebody who's I'll offer one thing that, that I really feel as a parent is I've held the mic for most of my kids' lives. <laughs> and so it becomes really important for me to do more listening than talking as they get older. And, and because the world they're growing up in is different than the world I grew up in. It also is very important for me to do good listening before I start talking rather than assuming that my experience, although there may be factors that apply The world is different. And so automatically assuming that my experiences will fit well with what's going on with them is just, it's not reasonable. So that's something that I, when I'm having conversations with people who are struggling with that, that's something that I put out there. If you were having a conversation with somebody like that, is there anything that comes to mind that you would offer that you you think helps make those deeper conversations possible?
1: I think it's a lot about balance. So like I had just mentioned with the whole Mm -hmm. talking and listening, the giving and receiving of yourself and other people like that, when it comes to experiences, when you're trying to help give advice, like it is important to give advice, but it is also important to let them make their own decisions and listen to what they're saying, especially if the advice doesn't exactly fit. But I think there is also a balance between giving advice or ideas or things like that, and especially as a parent, letting them take the information and making their own decisions and beliefs, not necessarily decisions, because that can be something that's already having, like, I'll give you the information, you make your own decision, but trying to figure out their beliefs on things Mm -hmm. is something that I didn't do. I got, and we're just talking about cross-generational and I have more of the interaction with the upper generation coming down to me than the other way around where I'm at in my life right now. But just, I had a lot of, especially like spiritual, there are different, like di- different beliefs and stuff like that, that I was just handling like, okay, so this is what's true. This is what the Bible says, you know, so it happened to Bible studies, especially growing up in the same church, my whole life, like I had this and I knew what was true. And I had no idea why on any of it. I had no idea why I believed any of that. So like when I was older and there was some sort of like challenging, I was like, oh yeah, this is true. And then, okay, but like, why? I'm like, i don't actually know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my beliefs didn't change in that regard, but I was I never had the chance to develop the why. And so they grew from there. So in a lot of beliefs, opinions, things like that, not just telling them, especially because if you believe, I believe Jesus came and died for us. And so therefore, if you believe in him, we are saved. That is true. But if you don't know why it actually doesn't necessarily mean anything. And so I think there's a lot of balance between giving them the information, telling them what's true, especially as people or as kids are growing up, they need to hear the truth in order to know anything, mm-hmm. but also trying to challenge them a little bit in, okay, so here's what we believe. Do you know why you need to decide for yourself why this is?
0: Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I thought about. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. I think and there's humility in that because there are core things that may be true, like that we're sharing that are true. But I, don't, I think as you go on, if you're not changing your mind about peripheral things, you're not paying attention. You're not growing. You're not growing. So I think about some of the things that I taught my kids when they were little that I see very differently now. And so if I don't give, if I don't give space for them to find their own way, I'm, th- there's an arrogance in that. There's an arrogance in that. I'm demanding that they accept my perception. And then 10 years later, I find out I'm wrong (laughs) about something. It's, I I think that's really good. Giving the opportunity because that trusts the Holy Spirit then that, that lets God be God in their life. And more than anything, you have to find God yourself. You can't, you can't have a relationship with your parents. God, you have to, be, you have to find right. God yourself. <laughs> so. And that's one
1: of those things that can also work both generation across the same degree, just as relational, just being able to like, first off, know why you believe something is helpful. If you don't know, you should probably figure that out, especially when talking about what you believe. But just when talking, when having these conversations, when trying to figure out where people are coming from to both know where you are grounded in yourself Mm -hmm. and also be open to other ideas. Because if you don't have one or the other, then you're probably going to be wrong in Mm -hmm. some aspect of something. If you are just, I know what's right. I know exactly why and nobody can change my mind. And I'm just going to give everybody my mess because I know I'm right. You could be wrong about something and you're just hardening your heart to being swayed the direction the Holy Spirit want, would like you to go mm-hmm. versus if you're like, okay, I just believe what I'm told, especially by people who are smarter than me and they know what they're talking about, therefore it must be right. Mm-hmm. You switch around a whole lot and you have no actual beliefs for yourselves. Like you said, it's you have a relationship with somebody else's God, mm-hmm. not with your God. Like you have no personal relationship. With him and that could go with other things that aren't spiritual as well like you political like even something that's neither of those just a belief in life like mm-hmm. credit cards are good or bad things <laughs> like that i was like what's something that's neither political nor right. spiritual credit cards
0: like things like that where and it's the just, answer on that may be different for different people <laughs> yes which yeah. is also why you need to know why you think what you
1: think and right. be
0: open to other ideas yeah yeah that's that's true that's true when you were saying that the idea of just following what somebody else says is true that also makes you ripe for abuse then because that's where the biggest abuses take place like systemic abuses in in countries and organizations and churches and families whatever like that absolutism i have a friend who who has said, he's, he started asking whenever he hears something he disagrees with, instead of the knee-jerk argument about what's not right with that, <laughs> which is what the tendency is, right? To come up with all the reasons why their logic is wrong. He started asking the question, what led you to that conclusion? He has a second question. I can't remember right now. But then his third question is for himself. What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? and and i think there's value in in believing that god is big enough to be teaching all of us and that's not that you have to give the same level of access to every person some people are safe and healthy people and others are not and you shouldn't give them access but i think there's value in in genuinely holding a posture that is lord what are you saying here what do you want want and I think that's one of the things Larry emphasizes in soul talk and one of the things that made him a really effective counselor and spiritual director was that he actually believed that God showed up in the middle of those conversations and it was to reveal himself to both people not just one giving to the other but that if actually soul talk was taking place, if spiritual direction was actually taking place, then there would be as much, God was doing as much in the person who was giving as the one who was receiving in that conversation. And it was a blessing both ways. Brittany, thank you for being with me today. I'm looking at the time and probably ought to wrap it up. But as somebody who has to edit it, I don't want to edit
1: 17 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go <laughs> yes just one more thing that Brittany does that keeps us running thank god she's been such a blessing but thank you all for joining us today if you're interested in getting a copy of soul talk we're going to have that in the um, show notes if you are interested in going deeper with a group of friends locally we have the soul care experience a whole 10 8 8 10 12 something week study (laughs) with, with DVDs that you can, that you can do with your own group at home, or you can join us for the monthly reading and relating gatherings that we do online. And we would love to have you. And if this is something that
1: you enjoyed or would like to hear more about or anything like that. First off, if you're on YouTube, the whole like, comment, subscribe thing. I know here I am, the Gen Z telling you to like, comment, subscribe, woo. But one of the bigger things more so than that is just sharing this with other people, whether you think that they would benefit from this, whether you think they would enjoy it, whether you think they agree with it, especially if you think they would benefit from this book. Send them this podcast, send them the link, send them the book, the soul care experience, start your own Bible study conversation groups with this book, with this podcast, just sharing it with people is the best way to, God can only grow if people are not, can only God can do whatever he wants. It is, he tends to reach people via other people. So sharing things with other people is one of the best ways to lead them towards the Holy Spirit guiding their life.
0: So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And you, I was just mentally thinking, oh yeah, I ought to tell them to, that they ought to share this and Gen Zer did it for me. So awesome. Thank you, Brittany. <laughs> no, you're great. And super. We hope you'll join us again next week. And like Brittany said, share it, like it on whatever your whatever podcast app you listen to or on YouTube and share it on your social media channels or in an email. <laughs> well, if you get, if yeah. you're on our list email, you can share it there as well. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye. See you in the emails. If you like what you heard today, hit the like button just below, then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel for more resources on relational spirituality, go to our website at largerstory.com.